when I was thinking about us doing this Lectio, uh, I was just aware, talking to Steve, um, as a friend, um, of how his relationship with God has grown over the years, in part through this contemplative spirituality, um, which is a little bit that we're going to dig into in our Lectio course. So I thought it might be interesting to interview him and, and get a sense um, of where he's at. Um, is that okay, Steve? Am I telling too loud and clear? <coughs> yeah, it's okay. You have, <laughs> my, you have my permission. Um, excellent. Um, so obviously, I'm sure you all know Steve uh, pretty well. Steve uh, finds himself being up front on uh, numerous occasions in our life as a church, and he's served us in many ways over the years um, as, a, as a leader, a uh, leader in, in children's ministry. He still leads worship. He preaches. He does lots of stuff. But we're going to maybe try and delve a little into the inner Steve, if we mm. can, this morning. Um, so, Steve, if we sort of look at the past, yeah. um, how would you have spent time with God or encountered God um, yourself in your own life in the past? Yeah, can I just say at the start, I, I don't know how you feel <coughs> whenever someone talks about prayer and into your life. I, I kind of think there could be two responses. One could be, you know, that you're actively doing that and it's interesting to hear somebody else's story. Or it could be something that, oh no, please don't talk about prayer because you end up feeling judged because you think, I don't do that. So I want to say as we start this morning, one, I'm no expert. Two, you're always a beginner. And three, God meets us where we are at. So just enjoy listening to my story or don't enjoy listening to my story. <laughs> but don't feel as though you've suddenly got to find some new technique to find with God. This is just my story. And I reckon you could interview all of us and get equal uh, measure of interest and joy out of what's going to be shared. So anyway, my story. I think in the past, uh, like many of us, uh, I've done Bible reading notes, although not for a long period. I've gone through the Bible in a year on a few occasions. I'm not sure I'd always recommend that. <coughs> I mean, I've enjoyed it to a level. Sorry, Stephen, because I know you know you probably encourage that IBI. I sometimes found I was just rushing through. I had to get through it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I found oh, I ticked that. And then sometimes when I got behind, oh my goodness, when I got behind, I suddenly had a, a chore to do. But there were moments that were enjoyable as well. Um, I then did Audible. Have you ever read through the Bible but listening to it? That's a little bit more interesting, a bit more creative. Um, and then I would go for walks um, and I would sort of be more reflective, a little bit more thoughtful. Um, there were periods of time, don't tell anybody, please where I didn't do anything. <laughs> and I call it feast or famine. There were periods where it was feast in my life, there were periods where it was real famine in my life, and I found it a struggle to pick up a Bible. And I'm a real book person, so I do love reading books, so I would have done a lot of mm. uh, reading as well. Okay. Thanks for your honesty, Steve. Uh, we appreciate that. So, so that's maybe some of the years gone by, but in recent years... It seems there's another sort of string to your bow that you've added. Um, what's that development? How would you describe that? Yeah. I, I think it has been definitely a more reflective way of praying, um, which I've probably experienced over the last five, six, seven years in particular, and definitely in the last two years especially. So I've just finished a course called uh, the Diploma in Spirituality. Look at me. I'm going to say that <laughs> from the man here. Um, and they would have encouraged a reflective way of reading scripture. 
So it's not just about reading scripture for its own interest in learning and contextualizing and so on, which is really, really important. They would have always said, we're not really that interested in the academic because we reckon you've got the academic. They want to know, what are you hearing for yourself when you read scripture? Um, I've read hundreds and hundreds of books. This is an interesting book. I wouldn't necessarily say pick it up immediately, but it's called Into the Silent Land by Martin Laird. And uh, I came across a quote, and I thought, yeah, this has probably been a lot of my experience. He said this about prayer. He says, we, we tend to think our lives. We, t- we tend to think our spirituality. We tend to think about God. And so we end up perceiving God as something over there, some cause among any o- many other causes. And, and I don't know if I did it deliberately, but I think even when I prayed, I had this idea when I prayed, you may not have, but I did. I prayed, and I kind of prayed outwards. Uh, I kind of prayed as though God was there to listen to my prayers. And I'm not saying he isn't outward, because he fills his universe. But I was encouraged to begin to think about praying inwardly as well, and trying to hear God in in a different way. So it's more relational. That word abide is really important. I'll just tell one other story around this. Mm. There's a guy by the name of Brennan Manning, who is a spiritual writer. He's passed now. And I've quoted this story before, so apologies if you heard it. But it really struck a chord with me, and it's lived with me. He said he was talking, uh, sorry, the story is there was a priest who went to visit an older man who actually was dying. And he was talking to him about his prayer life. And the guy said, I'll be honest with you. He said, I never really got hold of prayer. He said, whenever I asked a priest about how to pray, they would give me some you know, book to read or some system to use. And he said, it would confuse me. It would complicate me. He said, I never knew how to do it. And he said, and one day, I was talking to a mate of mine. Uh, his name was Keith. And Keith said, well, why don't you do this? He said, grab a chair. And he said, visualize Jesus on that, prayer, on that chair. And he said, every time you come to pray, just talk to Jesus. And he said, that changed my life. And he said, because I was in and on my own, he said, I would sometimes spend a couple of hours every day just talking to Jesus. And the priest, who was a new priest when he heard him talk, said, wow, that's amazing. He said, you just carry on doing what you're doing. Two weeks later, that man died. And the priest rang and speaking to the daughters. And he just asked him, how, how did this, this man die? And he said, it was really interesting. He said he was in his bed and he'd always have his chair next to him so he could be talking. And he said, when they came back to find him after he passed, this man had put his head in the chair. And, and, and it, it, it really spoke to me about relationship. I don't have that. I have a sofa at home. But every morning when I go to pray, I look at the sofa and I, I just acknowledge Jesus on the sofa. And that, that, that's lived with me. That was a number of years ago. But it's like th- there's something about the honesty and openness and friendship that I think was missing p- from my prayer life. Wow. Thank you, Steve. And I feel like we're getting a picture of the internal Steve here. Um, so this has been newish in the last five, mm. six, seven years. Do you know why that change started for you? I think it happened a, a, a bit longer, a bit longer ago in terms of my changing in my thinking around prayer and scripture and reading. And I also want to say, just hear me. 
the way you read scripture, there's nothing, there's no right, there's no wrong. The way that I do, there's no right, no wrong. It's just my journey on it. Mm. Um, in 2006, um, we came to Dublin West for the first time. And, and we came because something had happened that hadn't gone well for us. So we'd been part of a church <coughs> and we'd had to close that work. And when we came here, we came because I knew Sean and Anna Mullen. That's the only reason we came. Um, and we were grateful to God that we are here now. Um, but if you'd asked me, um, did I want to go to Dublin West? The answer is no. The, an- the question is, were you praying at the time? The answer is no. Uh, were you reading scripture? The answer is no. Did you want to hang around churches? The answer is no. Did you ever want to go to church again? The answer was no. I, I'd, ha- I'd had enough. I was completely burnt out. And it was a challenge to get in through the door. And I used to sit at the back. It wasn't in this building. I knew nobody. And that was okay with me. And I wasn't rude. Although I can be rude. I wasn't rude. But at the end of the church, I just left. Me and Helen. But I, I came to church. And... I remember picking up a book at that time because that's how often God speaks to me. And it's a book called Falling Upward, A Spirituality for Two Halves of Your Life, written by Richard Rohr. And he began to unpack for me the whole area of what I thought success looked like. And I thought I had failed. And in one sense, I had failed. But it was understanding that failure is an open door to really do business with God. And I think from that point, and it's taken years, that's 17 years ago, and it's, it's taken a long time for me to reorientate my own understanding of prayer and hearing God and speaking to God and not being the success that I thought maybe God was calling me mm. to be. Thank you, Steve. Um, so if we come to what it looks like now, mm. Um, tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning, or daytime, um, when you are going to spend some time with God, what what does that look like practically? What what do you do? Where yeah. do you sit? Um, okay, so I I, um, I get up in the morning, which is always a good thing. Um, I immediately go downstairs and I make myself a cup of tea, and I grab that cup of tea and I go upstairs to my office, um, and then I have a chair. And I, I don't know whether you do this, but I, I really encourage you, find a place. Just find a place that is, doesn't have to be, you know, it could be a room you use. But I, f- I have this chair in the attic, and I've got a couple of cushions on it. And I settle down in that chair, and I have the sofa in front of me. And I take a pause, and I sip my tea, and then I acknowledge Jesus. And I just kind of say, I'm here. Uh, I then tend to pick up scripture, massively changed how I read scripture now. And I'll begin to read a passage. It used to be I would try to read a different passage every day. I'd go through the gospel. I've, I, I stop now. I, I'm going back to the same passage. I can be weeks in the same passage. And I'll just start to read. And I'll read much more slowly, more thoughtfully. Um, and then once I've done that and I ponder, I'll then sit in silence probably for about 15 minutes. And I'll seek God in that silence thinking about what I've tried to hear from the passage and some days nothing happens in fact most days nothing happens but I'm in the presence of God and I sense that God is looking at me and I'm looking at him and then I close after 15 minutes and then if I have some other things that I pray about 
might stick about it somewhere. But that that is roughly what happened. Yeah, thank you. And so we've just watched the trailer for the Lectio course, and, and Lectio Divina is this tradition going back a long time in the history of the church. Would you say you follow a pattern of Lectio Divina, or, or it's just sort of principles or elements of it? Or uh, yeah, I, I, if you'd asked me, do I do Lectio Divina, and I have, I've looked at it, because we did it on our course. I don't know if I follow it religiously, although I am quite a religious person. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I pick parts of it. I, I d it. The slowing down of reading scripture is really important to me. Uh, one of my weaknesses, and I have many, is I rush things. You know, when I'm reading, I speed read. So to slow down and read scripture slowly is quite challenging for me. I went away on a little retreat there, and I, I forced myself to read the book of Jonah one word at a time, almost stopping, because it was just a good discipline for me. So I found that I'm reading scripture more slowly. So this week, for example, I was reading the passage in John, which talks about if a, um, a kernel of wheat uh, doesn't fall to the ground, it remains one single wheat. That was my focus on dying. And then I suddenly picked up the passage again, and I read just a simple thing where some Greeks had come to Jesus and said, we want to see Jesus. That was it. I stopped at that, and for four days... All I've been focusing on is we want to see Jesus. Uh, I've gone no further. I've just looked at that verse and said, we want to see Jesus. What does that mean for me? And then I've brought that into my prayer time and thought, actually, Jesus, I really want to see you. Uh, what I'm not saying physically, but interior, I want to connect with you. So mm. I do parts of it, but I'm not sure I follow it. So I'm looking forward to this course. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I feel a little like we're on sacred ground here, guys. I don't know what you feel, but... <coughs> <coughs> so often we talk about these things, scripture and prayer in church. We don't really know what it looks like in, in someone else's life. Um, you know how you go about it. Um, so this is really valuable, Steve. How would you say it's impacted you in your faith or as a person? Yeah. Um, I don't feel I'm faith-filled. You know, I, I, I don't come out of it thinking, you know, I'm now ready to take on the world. I think what's changed for me is this. I think without realizing it, I used to think prayer is something I had to do. Does that make sense? Like, mm. like Bible reading is something I had to do. And I don't knock it for that because it's still good to do. Whereas now I kind of think this is about a gift that I've been given. So the way it's impacted me <coughs> is that there's, an, there's a sense of if I don't now do this, I miss it. I remember I was uh, talking to a guy on my course. Like when I was on the course, we had a thing called supervision. And there was a man by the name of Mike. He was a Jesuit. Uh, he was 80 years old. And sadly for me, he passed away just last week. I used to call him the Gruffalo because he had this kind of outer exterior and he had his twinkle in his eye. And I think I remember saying to him, I said, what do you think the most important element of prayer is? He said, I've got one word for you. I said, what is it? He said, fidelity. He said, turn up. Just turn up. He said, it won't always be great, but just turn up. And there's a sense that I've really appreciate, appreciated that. So I've begun to see it as a gift, but I find that what's come out of it is this. I will be talking to someone on the phone, and I find myself visualizing that person and wanting the best for that person and longing for that person and loving that person. And when I meet my colleagues, 
it's almost as though I sense Jesus around them as I'm speaking to them. So I think I just have eyes that see differently because I've just been a bit more reflective in my own prayer life, if that makes sense. And when I'm going down the road, I'm driving. This sounds very holy and spiritual. It doesn't happen all the time. But there are just moments where I just have that sense of being with him in the same way I am in my quiet when I choose to do it. So mm. I find that silence has begun to pervade my life more effectively than it, than it has before. That sense of having different eyes <coughs> and looking differently, that's, that's a, yeah. a lovely uh, metaphor. I find this really exciting. I mean, this is this is what we're about: is is to grow in faith. And um, the good news um, has so many different parts and facets to it. But part of it, towards the end, is that we become like Jesus. He draws us into relationship. He forgives us. He cleans us. But it's so that we become like him. Um, and so we want growth and change. Um, so I'm feeling inspired to to try new things, Steve. Uh, when you start off trying new things, like say silence in particular, or trying to read scripture differently, is that scary or weird or at the start? How do you feel? Um, yeah, I, again, I was, I've been helped, really massively helped a, a lot by books I read, but also by talking to others. I think with scripture, it's just a question of me slowing down and I need to do that. That, that may not be something you ever struggle with. When it comes to silence, though, that's a, that's a different area. This is how I do it, and then you may do it differently. I talk to Helen. Helen does it slightly differently. Um, what helps me is a prayer word, because what you'll find is if you go to shut your eyes and sit in silence, and this still happens to me. I mean, there are a number of times I've knocked three goals in against Liverpool, even though I'm my age, because in, in a moment you've gone, or in a moment you, you're having a conversation, or you're winning a row, I mean, I don't need to win rows in my house. It just happens naturally. But in my imagination, as soon as you go silent, your brain will take over. And you'll, you'll, and suddenly four minutes you go, where did I go? How did I end up here? So I use a prayer word. It's nothing special about it. It's just a prayer word. Mine is Yahweh. And the reason why I chose that, because someone else mentioned it, it sounds, and it, it, it sounds like breath. So I breathe it in. I start my time of silence by focusing on my breath and saying the name of God. Why does that help? Because when I'm distracted, and you will be distracted, as I re-say that word again, I come back into the silence. And it helps me focus. And eventually then I'll have that little bit of breakthrough when I just know that I'm in the presence of God in a more meaningful and tangible way. So if, if, th if I can pass that on, that's been really helpful to me. Um, because you're right, uh, if Helen doesn't mind me chatting, we were chatting about this um, some while ago, and she began to just ask about silence. And the other thing I'd really encourage, if you are planning to do it, is don't say, right, I'm going to start with 20 minutes in the first session. I tell you, you'll be, looking, you'll be looking at your watch after two and a half minutes. I can guarantee it. Why don't you start with a minute? Start one minute where you're absolutely silent. Because Helen did that, and she's up to 10 minutes now. And that's in every day, just by purely, and there's a sense of appetite and hunger for that sitting in the presence of God. So, um, and, and the reason why I'd encourage it, I, I don't know how this works, and I don't know how prayer works, and I'm a real beginner. But I read this, and I don't know who said it, but I really like it. It said, if you're a gardener, it said, the chances are that what you'll do is you'll clear the weeds, you'll nurture the soil, 
uh, your water. So do you make the plants grow? You do not make the plants grow. You cannot make the plants grow. However, if you don't do it, you'll notice that your garden will be overrun and your, plant, your plants will not flourish. I think there's something about the gift of prayer that I'm only really discovering at my tender age of 35, is that this is a life that we've been called to. So uh, there's a guy by the name of Trevor Hudson, who I think has just done um, mm-hmm. uh, a seminar, the Praxis. The Praxis has written a great book. I couldn't go to seminar, but I read his book. And he said this, we have been invited to, I love this, and you want to think about what the gospel is. We have been invited to another kind of life. And that, to me, is the invite. This is not about ought to's and have to's and taking a list and techniques, and if I do this and I do that, and I'm going to get it right. This is an invitation into life. And I think that that is how you, well, sorry, that is how I sense a, a level of flourishment, if that's a word in me that I maybe wasn't as experiencing a number of years ago. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, If I'd say anything, um, please hear this. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Don't set yourself some sort of Everest. Don't listen to me this morning and say, I don't have anything. I'm not doing any of that. I wasn't doing any of that either. God meets you where you're at. And all he, this is not about you need to pray so that God is pleased with you. Mm. God is saying, listen, I've got a life for you here. And I'd love you to enter it. And maybe there are some things you can learn from each other that will help you enter that more. So please be kind to yourself. This is, this is about encounter. Mm. And, you know, there's nothing better. There's nothing better. And there'll be days and days where you encounter or don't feel you encounter. And there'll be moments that just hit you where you just think, oh, this is the realest thing that could ever be real. Mm. And that, to me, is the, the grace of God in, in our lives. Great. Thank you, Steve. Um, I'm sure we all want to say thank you, Steve, for opening yourself up like that. Um, and I'm sure if Steve is prepared to talk about his inner life. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> If you're prepared to talk about it up front, I imagine you'll have a conversation over tea and coffee as well if you want to. And This is what it means to be in community, um, is, is to share these things. Um, you know, Jesus invites us into a relationship to talk to him, to pray with him. Part of what that looks like day to day is, is a working out. And so this is the great joy that we get to work it out with each other. Um, so please, let's, let's talk with each other on this level. Um, and one other thing, I was just literally reading this this morning. I got emailed it last night. LICC, London Institute of Contemporary Christianity, just did a, a survey on, on spiritual disciplines or spiritual practices. And one of the lessons they said is this, experimentation and personalization are key. Mm-hmm. So actually, try new things. Steve was, you know a certain age and he tried a new thing. He, he, he was pushed in a new age to, tr- to, to try a new way of connecting with God, to, to bring freshness. There's always change. But personalization, I don't think Steve's expecting anyone to suddenly do exactly what Steve does. But just take the principle of, I'll slow down a bit when I read scripture. I'm going to find the one place, a chair. Make it for you, because we all have our own relationship with God. Um, so thank you, Steve. Can I pray for you and just, yeah. just give thanks? 
Um, Father, I thank you for Steve. I thank you for his willingness to open himself up like this. And I thank you um, for the wisdom um, that he shared, the experience that he shared. And Father, I pray your blessing on him. Mm. I pray you continue to draw him deeper into you. And I pray, Father, for us as a community that we will be encouraged, be inspired, that we will learn from Steve and from each other in our community. Amen. Thank you.